You're listening to Al Pastor, the show that helps you love God, love your neighbor, and eat more tacos. I'm your host, Pastor Brian. Welcome to the show. Well, hello, happy Monday to everybody out there that's listening today. Um, I'm recording this on a Sunday, Sunday evening. What a great day at church, being able to see God's people and then just had a little time, a nice lunch, and then did some grocery shopping for the week. And now I'm a little settled down, and I said, okay, I've got to get this podcast made because I made you a promise from the pulpit that I was going to help you out, parents. And by the way, this this is this might help just about anybody out, actually. Um, but specifically, I'm, I'm taking this from the angle today, what we're reading out of Genesis 9, addressing some of the questions that our kiddos might have and and how we can navigate this to really draw out some of the lessons that I think is is the main intent of this. So, without further ado, let's we we don't even beat around the bush. We've got we've got some wild things going on, right? We've got Noah's drunk, we got Noah naked, and then we got the curse. And Noah cursed his son, but not only his son, but he actually cursed his grandson. So, what is that all about? So, first and foremost, this is a great. Um, point in the story to address what what is drunkenness, right? And uh, parents, I encourage you, drinking is bad. Um, what, a, what a way to just highlight that. Now, at the same time, we may find ourselves a little disappointed that we see a, a biblical character um, being drunk. But I also want to remind you that God's word holds nothing back. It gives us the good, the bad, the ugly, and in fact, this is one of the reasons that the Bible stands apart from any other ancient document is because of the transparency that God gives. I mean, there's a saying that history is written by the victors. And when you read other ancient documents, very rarely are you going to see such openness and transparency. In fact, you won't see it because it's always written in a good light and the heroes are always perfect. So this is a case where... Um, we can really highlight uh, highlight God's graciousness, but also the trustworthiness of God's word. Because let's face it, if you and I were writing the word, I the the Bible at this point, I I'm like, oh, Lord, should we leave this part out? <laughs> but somehow, some way, God in His wisdom has chosen to include this incident um, into His holy word, and I trust God. And I believe that his, his, his word is inspired, it's infallible, it's inerrant. So we, we don't want to back away. We don't want to shy away from these things. So first of all, I would tackle that topic of drunkenness in, in no way, shape, or, or form. Does the Bible um, condone drunkenness? In fact, the Bible does the exact opposite. It reminds us repeatedly all throughout the word of the dangers of what happens when you consume so much, uh, too much to drink, um, it's never, never a good thing. And so this is the first thing that I would reinforce. Now, um, I don't want to go into a deep dive on this, but I think that there are actually some reasons, some reasonable reasons as to why Noah possibly um, gotten drunk that doesn't necessarily make him doesn't excuse him because we have again we have no need to excuse his behavior whatsoever but i think that there's some there's more going on to the story about noah getting drunk i i think that this probably wasn't intentional or perhaps he didn't even have knowledge of 
of this particular, like how strong this drink drink would have gotten, especially post flood. So um, we won't get into a deep dive on that, um, but that's that's the first thing that I would do. Also, I would highlight the fact that in this particular case, the Bible is silent, meaning it doesn't address, it doesn't condone condone or condemn Noah's drunkenness. So the Bible is silent. It's it's the 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 drunkenness of Noah is kind of beside the point. That's that's although that's placed in the story, it's a side issue. The issue really focuses in on what Ham did and the consequences of that. So let's get into this. Well, what was going on here? Or why was this such a big deal? It might be hard for us to understand. And I'm not going to go into the into what the possibilities are interpretively on this, okay? Meaning, what what is that? Now, I've done a deep dive in the past as far as what I think biblically happened here. And there's, there's really good uh, biblical precedent. I think that we can have a better understanding. But depending, again, on your child's age, you know your child well, you know their level of maturity. And by the way, I mean, if you have a male child, let's face it, they're not going to mature anyways till they're like, mm, let's see, how old am I? I'm 43, maybe? So let's just say by age 40 is when they come to maturity, right? I'm a, I'm a nice, mature male now. But, <laughs> but really, um, this is going to be kind of a case-by-case basis. So I would focus in on... Why was this such a big deal? Well, the issue about Ham is an issue of honor and respect towards our parents. And in a patriarchal society, which this is what we what what we are seeing, where when I say patriarchal, like this is the this is the man, and we he's got he's got children, he's got grandchildren, he's got great grandchildren. So that's the man right there. And if you disrespect the man, this is dishonoring your parents. And God does take this very, very seriously. But what we see in the story is that Ham almost takes it up a notch further. He's trying to discredit his father as well in the eyes of his own brothers. He tries to entice his brothers to see the nakedness of his father's um, as well. And in this, most, regardless of the interpretation, this is an issue of trying to gain, or we would say usurp, meaning I'm going to take the place of the authority that my father has, and now I'm going to be the one in, in authority. And that can be done in, in a number of different ways, but ultimately is to discredit who Noah was and in front of other people. And this is not good. God does take this very, very seriously. We see the command to honor your father and your mother. Um, there's other various threads throughout the, the Old Testament that, that deal with this. So now let's get in just for a second on the curse. So parents, um, I would I would first, again, just to recap, we, we focus in. What a great opportunity to talk about the, the dangers of not just drinking, but any kind of substance that can alter your um, alter your mind, alter your state of being. Because now, let's face it, I mean, there's a whole lot of other things. They're like, hey, well, you might not be drunk, but you might have got high, or you might have done this, or you might have done this, an altered state. Um, that's when we end up start making some, some really, really bad decisions or find ourselves in some compromising situations. So um, God's word is God's word. Two, 
Again, let's remember this is an issue of honor and and respect. Um, You know, our woke culture today wants to do everything to tear down what they call the patriarchy, right? But the patriarchy here is cold from a cultural perspective is just, it's huge. I mean, I mean, there, if there, there's, depending on how you grew up, I mean, you call it the patriarch or the, she's the matriarch of the family, right? The glue that holds everyone together. And imagine just getting discredited in front of your family. Not a good thing. So the curse. So the, here's the third thing. Here's the result. This is ultimately what Ham did is the focus of this portion of narrative that we're reading in Genesis. It's the curse. And we need to establish something right off the bat because sometimes there's a misconception about a curse. We cannot think of a curse in the sense of, I'm going to put a spell on you. This this is not what is going on here. Um, this, is, this is a prophetic utterance by Noah. His words, listen carefully now, his words are not the cause of what's going to happen in the future. Okay, so it's not his words that's driving. It is his actions that are going to produce what would happen later. But what is Noah doing? He's foretelling it in a prophetic sense. I hope that makes sense to you. And so now the question is, is then why would Noah curse uh, Canaan? Why would he do that? Like, what did Canaan have to do with anything? We need to look at Canaan from a couple of different perspectives. It would be helpful if we think of, of, of Canaan as a representation of the general characteristics of a group of people. Okay. Now, prophetically speaking, Noah blessed his other two sons. Now, he was blessing them there. Yes, they received the blessing like, I receive, I receive. But it's all. But even in the blessing, the blessings of Shem and the blessings uh, of, of Japheth are also characteristics of a people, meaning the nations that are going to flow out of these three boys. So what was going to happen with Canaan? Canaan, yes, individually he's a person, but this is a people. And we know from history that this is exactly what happened. Now, I want to want to just bring to your remembrance what we've read here over the first, even in the first four chapters of Genesis, right? You have Adam and Eve. We have sin enters the garden. Then they have a child. They have Cain and they have Abel. Okay, now Cain killed Abel. Now we read the genealogy of Cain. What we saw is Cain had Enosh and Lamech, and hopefully I got that in the right order. But we see that their their lineage started going downhill. What do you see on the other side? Well, there was a replacement for Abel, and that was who? That was Seth, right? And from Seth, men men begin to call on the name of the Lord. So this is in the same aspect of, it's sort of like Ham. Listen, you have taken a posture in your heart. You have taken a posture of rebellion. You've tried to take or usurp my authority as a patriarch. And by the way, isn't this exactly what Satan tried to do? And so the and so I'm just speaking hypothetically here. So Ham, the generations that are going to flow, the generations that are going to be impacted as a result of because they're going to be influenced by the postures and the attitudes and the way you've inclined your heart against God, 
I know it's against Noah, but ultimately it's against God. That influence is going to have far-reaching implications that's going to go well into a nation and generation after generation. Now, some people will say, well, it's not his grandkids' fault and great-grandkids. No, it's not. I, I understand. But we can't think of it like that. We have to think about influence. And ultimately, everybody has a choice because sometimes people want to get into like generational curses and all that stuff. And yeah, it's really tempting to kind of read that into, into the scriptures. But what we see is it's not necessarily cases of generational curses in the sense that you are doomed to repeat the mistakes of your father as much as it is an influence issue. In other words, if your mommy and daddy didn't pray, if your mom and dad didn't, didn't you know, if, if they didn't serve the Lord, if they didn't walk with God, the odds of you doing it are very, very unlikely. I mean, doesn't mean it can't happen, but I hope you understand what I'm saying here. So this is what it's about. And so we already know, because we know, we know the story, right? We know what Canaan turned into. We know his lineage. We know the Canaanites. We know the evil atrocities. And in fact, when we get further and deeper into the Torah, it's these, these guys that are in the land. And in fact, they've got some evil, evil practices. So that's a little bit about what's going on. I hope that that helps you. Um, again, hey, we don't, the Bible is the Bible. Praise the Lord for that, right? And uh, I know I didn't do a deep dive. I Believe me, I can. I would actually, I probably, just thinking about this, I would probably, oh, I could do one mega episode, but it probably would be better to do, break this up into three. I would probably tackle the drunkenness part first, and then I would probably take the nakedness no, I could probably do it in two. I know. You're like, hey, you're talking to yourself and uh, we're still here. Hello. Yes, I know. <laughs> but I do. I, I actually went into great detail, but I think a podcast would be good. So, all right. Well, that that about does it for our reading today. I want you to know if there's anything that you saw um, that involving these scriptures or any at all, please let me know. If there's something I can agree with you on in prayer, it would be a privilege to be able to come alongside you, um, pray for those things. And I want to encourage you today as well, take some time not only to read God's word, but take some time to talk to Jesus. I mean, let's walk. Let's walk with Jesus, right? I mean, oh boy, uh, just me thinking about it. Like, wow, what? I mean, we, we get to just sit, walk, talk. I mean, you don't have to literally walk, but we just, Jesus is so good. He's so good. All right, enough with that. Uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Al Pastor with Brian Overturf. If you found value in this, please subscribe and get updates. Most places podcasts are available. We're right here on Anchor FM through Spotify. Also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. I hope you'll tune in for the next episode. Until then, we'll see you later.